Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Thank you, God. You are our protector. You're our provider. You're our hope. You're our future. Just turn your palms to heaven right now. God, I thank you. Thank you for revealing yourself to each and every one of us, every day, God, when we put ourselves in a position to receive from you, you will not, you will not fail to deliver. God, we thank you right now. We honor you at the end of this year. You are the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. God, we choose to honor you for everything that you're done, you've done in, in this year. We, we choose to honor you for everything that you're gonna do next year. God, we thank you for the blessing. We thank you for the favor. We thank you for the protection. You may have encountered some trials, maybe some pain, maybe some suffering in 23. But I don't think we'll ever fully understand all that God, that all that God has protected us from. We can focus on some of the negatives at times, but I think there's so much more, exponentially more, that He's He's kept away from us, harms that, that would have taken us out. He is our shield. He is our comfort. He is our protector. He is our God. God, we thank you right now. As we, as we close out 2023, we seal this, this year by honoring you. We choose to, to, to have honor be the platform which launches us into 24. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your angels all around this place, filling up, filling up this space with your presence, your glory, God, that we can carry it into 24. A fresh word, a fresh anointing for 24 in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Happy almost New Year. You can say that to two or three friends as you grab your seats. Thank you, worship team. Amazing. We're so spoiled to have you guys all. Thank you. Have you back up in just a little bit. I am excited for today. Today is Shredder Sunday. Who's, who's never been with us for a Shredder Sunday, a Shredder service? Wow, okay, come on. I love new friends. This is going to be a new adventure for all of you. And for anybody who's done it already, there's always, always more to shred. If you don't believe me, if you're married, just turn to your spouse and ask them. They'll put a few things on your card that you didn't remember. So, this is, this is your shredder card as uh, Pastor Jake and Joy. Who loves the shooties? They're amazing, incredible. Great job, guys. And Peter Pirano, where are you at? He's, oh, he's already in kids' church. There he is. Exit stage left. Peter has not left the building, but I love the passion that he carries. I, I wish I could be as passionate as him. And some, some people might be thinking, why is, he, why is he shouting? Why is he so passionate? Well, the Bible says, shout to the Lord with a voice of triumph. We should shout about the good things. We, we shout when we're angry. I know I shout far too often when I'm, when I'm upset with my boys. We shout when we're excited for a sports team. Come on, stand up, Sean. He's got an incredible jersey on right there. Looks fantastic. 
It was a close one last night, close one. But I was preparing my message while I was watching a little bit, so I think that's why they won. We shout for, for lots of things, but do we shout for God? Do we shout with a voice of triumph when, when we have amazing God stories, amazing testimonies? That's why we share around the tithes. That's what, why we share God stories, to, to build faith. You have overcome the evil one by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of your testimony. The devil tries so hard to silence the word of your testimony. Why? Because it's the most powerful tool you have to give honor to God. Your testimony is the most powerful tool that you have to give honor to God. When, when you say, this is what God has done in my life, look at, the, look at the amazing things. There's no way I could have done this in my own strength, my own power, but God. But God. I'm sorry, I'm sorry Jake, but God has the best butt in the world. God's butt is better than anybody else's butt. But God. When Jake did that, I was like, oh, i got to write a few more things down on my shredder card now. Don't leave any white space on there. <laughs> Fill it all out. If there's anything that is, is inhibiting or limiting your walk with God, then that's what you put on the card. What is, what is keeping you from drawing close to him? What is keeping you from having an even more intimate relationship with your heavenly father? He has so many good things, so many revelations available for each one of us. But there are things in our lives that will limit us, that will hinder us, that will block us from, from really experiencing him in every area of our life. Maybe we've, maybe we've given our life to, to Jesus and we are walking that path of a Christian, but, but maybe there's certain areas where, where we feel there's a little bit of a blockage. Maybe there's some unforgiveness. That's, that's one of the, the most common ways, the most common reasons why we can feel that there's still a little bit of a separation there's still a little bit of a, a wrestle in our spirit. If there's any unforgiveness, why? Because the Bible's so clear about it. If you forgive, if you forgive, then you will be forgiven. If you, if you don't forgive, then you won't be forgiven. It's a, it's a very simple, very basic concept, but very difficult to work out. Why? Because people are mean sometimes. People are, are mean a lot of times. We have an opportunity to, to get over an offense pretty much every day. Pretty much every day, someone will do something or say something that little just like tweaks you the wrong way, and it's, it, you know, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to be offended, but it's also an opportunity for, to forgive. God has given you the opportunity to get past those hurts, get past those offenses. So as I, as I share this message, I want you to be thinking about what is it that limits my walk with God? What, what is it that, that keeps me from drawing near? Maybe it's some, some unhealthy habits. Maybe there's certain things that we do where, where we spend too much time on social media or, or playing games and, and we, we could be spending a little bit more time in prayer or maybe in the Word, doing the Bible in a year where, um, where there's, there's distractions in life. Not, not all of them are bad, but maybe, maybe if we do it too much, it becomes a bad habit or an unhealthy habit. Maybe there's some unhealthy relationships in our life that we know are, are holding us back. If you, if you look at the, the 10 closest people to any person, the 10 closest friends, and, and you look at those people, then, then you have a good idea of what a person is like. We're, we're kind of the sum total of the people that we put in around us. Who are those people in your world? Do they, do they bring you joy being around them? Or do you find that after you spend time with this, this one person, you, you kind of have a more of a negative view on life? 
You kind of speak more harshly or you're a little bit more stressed out or more anxious. Maybe you have to reconsider those relationships. Is it, is it right for you in this season? It doesn't mean the person is bad, but, but maybe the relationship for you has run its course. Maybe it's, it's time to, to turn the page. Maybe there's some um, pain or sickness that you've been struggling with this year and you're ready to be free from that. Write it down on the card. You're going to have an opportunity at the end to, to put it in the shredders, but even more than just physically writing it down or putting it in a shredder, there's, there's, a, spiritual, there's a spiritual significance that, that is attached to it or can be attached to it. If you just write down words and put it in the card and, and walk out and like, okay, I did that, check that box, then nothing is probably going to change. But if you actually believe in faith that as I'm writing these things down, I'm, I'm making the physical decision based on a heart belief. If the physical decision, the physical act is based on a heart belief, then there's power associated with it. Because, because faith without works is dead. And works without faith doesn't have power. Faith without works is dead, but works without faith doesn't have power. So you have to do the physical thing to work it out. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. But it's based on that heart condition. So what is it that you need to shred? Negative reports. People have spoken judgments over you. Maybe it's, it's bills or, or things that are past due. Maybe it's worries. A lot of times we, we worry about a thing happening that really is not very likely to happen, and, and, and the worry becomes worse of a problem than the thing itself. We get so wrapped up with anxiety or stress about the thing that, that it is not going to happen anyway, but then the worry takes us out. The worry distracts us. The worry separates us from God. We spend so much time thinking about that, but as Peter said as well, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and sound mind. As Jake, Jake pointed out, he's uh, finishing out. He likes to check off his, his vision card when he completes them. Maybe you've wrote a, a vision card for this year, and I want to make a distinction here. There are things that you're supposed to shred, and then there's things that you're not supposed to shred. You might be thinking, well, it, you know, it's almost, it's almost the end of the year, and so I'm not going to be able to, to finish out or check off that vision card. Hey, you still got 12 hours. 12 hours, finish that thing. Come on, believe in faith. But maybe there are some things that, that are not going to be completed this year that you've wrote, written down. Maybe you've written down, them down for several years, and you're thinking, well, maybe I heard wrong. Maybe that just that wasn't the right word from God. Maybe I was just... It was just a pipe dream. Maybe I wrote down too much and there's just no way I could do it. I want to encourage you, don't shred those visions. Don't shred those visions. Pastor Lisa and I, we've we been doing this for, for several years, over a decade probably, writing down our visions for the coming year. And, and we found that there's sometimes some of the visions that we wrote down, the dreams that we had, didn't come to pass in a year. And we started to realize maybe this is a multi-year vision. Maybe this is not something that's, that God is trying to, to get through us or to us in, in one season. Maybe it's, it's a little bit longer. And so we started writing down like seven-year visions, 10-year visions. Where do you see yourself 10 years from now? Where do you see yourself three years from now? Maybe there's certain things, words that God has dropped in your spirit that are going to take a little bit more time to develop. Don't shred that. Don't, don't let go of that. Hold on to it. Stow it away. Realize that there's certain things that, that are in the proper time and in the proper season. And, and there's some seeds that take longer to germinate than others. 
But, but if, you, if you look at this seed, this vision that you wrote down, and, and you dig it up at the end of the year and say, oh, is it growing? It's not growing. Okay, and you try and plant it again. And the end of next year, when it, it's not growing, you dig it up again. Every time you dig it up, you're, you're inhibiting the growth. Like we can't get so anxious or, or stress out about this thing that we keep digging up good seed because it doesn't have time to germinate, to get those roots down deep. The, the bigger the tree that you want, the farther down the roots have to go. It takes time for it to develop. So allow that to happen. Don't shred those seeds. Let them grow. Unanswered prayers. There's a lot of times when we, we pray so many prayers and we pray and pray and pray and then, and then we don't see come to pass what we were believing for, at least not from our point of view. And there is a difference. God's ways are higher than our ways. His point of view is different from our point of view, and we don't always understand that completely. There was a mighty man of God who just passed away before Christmas. He and his family were with us when we, when we launched out East Campus. And um, he, he had cancer, and he passed away from cancer. And there were literally thousands of prayers that were prayed for this mighty man, thousands of prayers. And it's so easy to fall into the trap of, well, those weren't the right prayers, or obviously it wasn't effective. No prayer prayed in faith is ineffective. No prayer prayed in faith is ineffective. We don't always understand the effect that we see with our natural eyes, but there is a different point of view, a God's eye view of matters that we may not fully understand until we go in and meet him face to face. There are prayers that were prayed that, that didn't have the result that we expected, but I, I know this for a fact. I know right now that man is completely cancer-free with God. I don't like, I don't like using the phrase, he lost the battle to cancer because he won the war against cancer. Cancer is defeated in his life. Maybe not on this side of heaven, but he's in heaven now, and he is cancer-free. We know that. We still grieve for him, and grief is appropriate. Grief has a time and a season. There's other members of our family, actually, that passed away from cancer as well this year, and we do grieve them. We mourn that, that we don't get to spend more time with them in this life, but we know we will see them again. We know we will be with them again in heaven. So I don't want you to shred unanswered prayers. You may have to release some things, but there's a difference between shredding and releasing. What is it that you need to release to God? Maybe an unanswered prayer, maybe an unfulfilled dream or vision this year that is hard for you to wrap your, your head around. There's some things our human nature can't fully comprehend right or correctly, at least not right now. So I actually want to take a moment right now, if we can all bow our heads and close our eyes, if, there, if there's an unfulfilled dream, an unfulfilled vision, an unanswered prayer in your life that's been especially difficult for you to process, I'd like to pray for you right now. If you could just lift your hand, I want to include you in this prayer. Any unfulfilled prayers, unanswered prayers, hands all over this room. God, I thank you right now for your peace that passes understanding. Even if we don't understand the outcome of certain events in our life or the lives around us, God, I thank you that, that your hand is over us. We lift these situations up to you right now. Any unanswered prayers, unfulfilled dreams or visions, God, we give them to you right now. We thank you that somehow, some way, all things will work together for good for those who love Christ and are called according to his purpose. God, I thank you for your purpose on our life and on these lives in Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. There's, there's some times where we have to release the seed for it to flourish, for it to grow. The Bible says that unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, it will not produce. There's dreams, there's visions, there's prayers that we have to release so that God can bring the best out of that situation. It doesn't necessarily mean the situation is good or bad or otherwise, but God can bring it together for good. Amen? Amen. All right, on to the business at hand, Shredder Sunday. So what is it that's holding you back? Oddly enough, what's holding you back can also be what's propelling you forward. What's holding you back can also be what's propelling you forward. It's a paradox. Let me explain. A paradox is something that has qualities that seem like they're in contrast with one another or conflict with one another. Your successes and your failures can be based on the same thing. What is it? So glad you asked. Agreements. The agreements that you make in your life can determine your successes and your failures. The agreements that you have in your life right now can determine the outcome of where you're going, your future. The agreements that you've made can determine whether or not you get held back or whether or not you move forward. What type of agreements am I talking about? Agreements can be many types of things. If, if, if I do this work for you, then we make an agreement that you're going to pay me this much. If I, if I choose to, to go to college to get an education, I'll, I'll pay you for what you're instructing me with or for to get a degree with the expectation that when I graduate and I have this degree that, that moving forward in life, I'm going to earn more than what I paid to get it. It doesn't always work out that way. We, we, don't, we don't always necessarily use the degrees that we have earned, but we still make the agreement. Marriage is an agreement. We, we say vows to get married. We make an agreement with, with one another that we're going to love each other, cherish each other, hold each other. This is, a, this is a good agreement. It's a sacred agreement under heaven, under God. But we, being humans, don't always fulfill all of those agreements. So the agreement itself is not necessarily good or bad. We make agreements with others, but we can also make agreements with ourselves. We, we, we all have probably done it. We all are probably going to do it tomorrow. Jake is already doing it. You make an agreement to, to do something different in the new year than you have been doing in the past year. We make New Year's resolutions. We resolve with ourselves. We make an agreement with ourselves to, to actually finally use that treadmill that we bought five years ago. <laughs> we make an agreement with ourselves to, to, to spend more time reading the Bible. That's a good agreement. You should do that one. We make an agreement with ourselves to do any number of things. There's things about our lives that we, we don't particularly like, that we'd like to get rid of. That's what this Sunday is about. Writing down those things you want to get rid of. It's not just a New Year's resolution. It's a new you resolution. It's a new you resolution. You're resolving, you're making an agreement with yourself to be better in some way, to do something different, to have, it, have an agreement that, that lasts. There are agreements we can make with ourselves that last, but it's not good. Sometimes we can make inner vows. I'll never dot, 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 be like my dad. I'll never dot, 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 be like my mom. I'll never go to that place again or, or hang out with that person again because of the way they made me feel. I'll never go to that restaurant again because it gave me food poisoning. Some agreements are valid. <laughs> what agreements have we made in our life? Whether it's good or bad depends on the qualities, on the circumstances around it. 
There's certain things that, that maybe are, are neither good or bad, but, but it depends on how it's managed. A marriage can be amazing. It can also be very difficult based on how it's managed, how you live out those vows, those agreements, in a good way or a bad way. So how do you tell the difference? Well, the Bible says look at the fruit. Look at the fruit of a circumstance. Look at the fruit of a life. Look at the fruit of an agreement. Is the fruit good? Then the agreement was good. Because a good seed cannot produce bad fruit. And bad seed cannot produce good fruit. So you test the fruit of an agreement to see if it's something that you want to propagate in your life, that you want to plant more of. Or you decide it's time to rip that fruit out of my life. It's time to rip that tree out of my life. It may be challenging, it may be tough, it may require a lot of work, but the question is, is it more work right now to rip it out, or is it more work to carry that bad fruit for the rest of your life? Make the decision to get rid of the bad fruit in your life. Write it down, believe in your heart that you're never going to pick it up again. Make those solid agreements. It's time to, to run the course that's set before you. Sometimes uh, agreements might be good for a season, but then it's time to, to move on. It, it's run its course. It's fulfilled its purpose. And sometimes when we, when we hold on to a good agreement for too long, it becomes a bad agreement. Or it starts to produce bad fruit eventually because it's past its expiration date. It's past its season. Pastor Lisa and I, when, when we had our first boy, child, Grady, he's 11 years old, we also bought our first house around the same time. And uh, I think we closed like 45 days before he was due. And I thought that that was plenty of time to do all the renovations that were needed on the house. Because it was a little bit more than a fixer-upper. It looked like somebody had, had, had brought in a, a Harley into the, into the hallway and changed the oil on the carpet. And so, okay, we've got to rip all that out. We've got to do a complete recut of paint. We've got to scrub uh, years of, of dog mess off floors and, and so many other things. But... But we saw the bones of the house, and we're like, okay, this is good. This is going to be a lot of work, but it's a good investment. And uh, unfortunately, I didn't realize how much work it was going to be to start. And so when Grady was born, his, uh, his first home was the Spring Hill Marriott's in Scripps Poway. Because <laughs> we weren't quite ready for, for, you know, a newborn and mama to be in that house. And so he spent a couple of days in a hotel, not unlike Jesus, just saying, <laughs> in good company. But just a few years later, we realized there's, there's a lot of stuff that still needs to be done. And, and we were about to have another kid. I think we bought a house for every kid that we've had. And, uh, and so, like, all right, time to upgrade, get a little bit more space. And so we looked at another house. And, and um, we, were, we were believing that, hey, you know, we've put a lot of time, effort, sweat, sweat equity into this house. So we're going we're gonna to get more for it. And so Lisa did an amazing job staging it, making it look good. I had redone the yard and everything. And so it was 100% better than the state that we found it. And uh, we even hired somebody to come and clean the windows. It wasn't David Macon. Uh, we didn't know him at the time. But uh, the guy that we came to, to hire, he, he saw a lot of the defects, a lot of things. And he was cleaning the windows. And he's like, wow, it's kind of like putting lipstick on a pig. Thanks, I guess. But lipstick works because we sold that house for 33% more than we bought it. So lipstick works. Just saying. You got to shred some old agreements so that you can lay hold of new ones. We had, to, we had to sell that old house so that we could lay hold of an even better house. And actually, one of the main reasons why we sold that house is it was coming to the end of our, our commitment for vision builders. And we had a gap that we, we hadn't been able to make up. And we looked at our salaries and we looked at our income. And, and it just it seemed like there was, there was no way for us to fulfill it. And then God said, you can use what's in your hand. And we're like, what's in our hand? 
And then we realized the equity in a house that we built up through work, through faith, was in our hand. And so we made the decision to sell the house to fulfill this commitment. And because we did that, God launched us into an even better house, an even bigger house. And because of that house, we launched into an even better house, an even bigger house. Because of our, our faithfulness to honor our commitment and God's faithfulness to us. So what is it that you've been holding on to for too long? The first step is to put your past behind you. Put your past behind you. This might seem obvious. Well, if it's in my past, of course it's behind me. But funny thing about certain things in our life, as we walk along, it may have been in our past, but then somehow it bumps into us again. What are you, what are you doing here? You were, you were back there. You're not supposed to be here as well. And then we walk, walk a little further and like, bam, it bumps into us again. Like, what the heck? You, like, why are you still following me? We, it seems like there's a little bit of a tie to us, a little string attached, and, and there's some tin cans that are just rattling along behind us, and we, we always hear the noise, but we never actually take the time to go and deal with the thing, and then we find that as we're walking along, maybe, maybe it's not just a little tin can, maybe it's a trash can, and we got this big hulking thing that's like bumping into us, bumping into people, making a lot of noise, picking up dirt, and then it just starts to get a little bit heavier, and like, why, why am I still carrying these things? We have to take a Sunday like this, a time like this, to actually deal appropriately with those things or carry them for the rest of our lives. We can choose to to sever those ties, to get rid of them, but there's also things that we we can't just cut the ties because we we may cut some of the strings, but then there's an attachment point still there. And we find that as we walk through life, maybe that specific thing is gone, but then we pick up something else that's eerily similar to it, like, why do I keep falling into the same trap? Why do I keep, you know, running in the circles with these same people that, that are not good for me? Why do I keep having to deal with these same problems? Maybe there's an attachment in your life that you need to write down on this card to actually deal with the root of an issue, not just, not just the, the symptoms, not just medicate it, but actually sever that attach point. Do some, do some soul searching, some, some deep diving with God. He wants you to be free, 2020 free into 2020 more. God has more for you, but you got to be free first. You got to be free so you can walk in more. And don't feel bad if this is you. This is this happens to everybody, and everybody deals with these things that keep keep bumping into us, little zombies from our past. Like I, I killed that thing; it's gone, but then somehow it's back again. We have to, we have to, it feels like we're in World War Z, like every year. We just have to get rid of the zombies over and over and over again. Well, it's time to cut the head off the zombies. It's time to leave them in the grave where they belong, never to follow us again. You got to put your past behind you. Not just us, but the, an entire nation, the nation of Israel had to, had to deal with these zombies, these things that kept following them around, wandering for 40 years in the wilderness, dealing with the same heart condition, the same issues. But, but way more than actually that, actually 1,600 years from when the law was given, the old covenant through Moses, to when Jesus came to redeem it. 1,600 years they had to walk. And even still, there's so many people of the Jewish nation that are walking under the old covenant. They're walking under the law. They haven't been able to put their past behind them. The law was given to Moses, but this was a physical contract. It came with rules and commandments, certain things that they were required to abide by. And if they didn't abide by all of those laws, not just the Ten Commandments, there's something like 700 other laws that they had to keep. And and they quickly found out that it's impossible. It's impossible for any one person to, to let alone remember all the laws, but also abide by them. 
And each time they broke even the smallest little law, that's a sin. A sin that created a physical separation. They had a method of, of atonement. They would sacrifice the blood of animals to atone for their sins, but it only, it only dealt with a physical, a physical ramification. There was a, an opportunity for them. They did have a foreshadowing of a spiritual, conf, a spiritual covenant that would come. The old covenant, the law, was, was physical, but the, the new covenant is a covenant of the spirit, but they had something physical as a representation. It was called the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant was, was a symbol that God gave to the nation of Israel to remind them of his relationship with them. They had the Ten Commandments in there, which was the law. They had the, the jar of manna, which was a symbol of God's everlasting provision for them. And they had the, the rod of Aaron the priest that budded to show that, that he was always going to be a priest for them. But these are physical things. But there was something more. The Ark of the Covenant was a landing spot for the presence of God. That's the spiritual covenant. The Ark of the Covenant was, was a bridge between God and man. It was the place where, where his presence would come and rest over the cover of the Ark, in between the two angels under their wings. It was called the mercy seat. The mercy seat was a foreshadowing of the spiritual covenant that would come, that would be everlasting through Jesus. This, this shredder service is about making a landing spot in your heart for God. We are now the symbol that God has a relationship with mankind. When we receive Jesus in our heart, we become the ark of the new covenant. A spiritual covenant is made between you and God when you receive him into your life. And so, so there's times where, where we receive God, but then we, we, still, we still see the ramifications of sin, or we still keep falling into to certain traps or certain areas. So I would ask each one of us the question today, is there any area of my life that I have not fully surrendered to God? Is there an area of my life where, where I've kept it hidden, I've kept it hold back, held back, and, and I find that I keep falling into similar traps? Well, I would encourage you to write that down. Take today, take, take this moment with God to release those things. Maybe, maybe you've never even shared it with anybody else, and you're not going to have to share it necessarily with, with anybody at the altar. The ministry team will be down here, and they'd love to pray with you, but they're not going to read your card. They don't need to, to, to read your, your mail or your dirty laundry. This is, a, this is a, a, an agreement between you and your heavenly father that I'm putting my past behind me, that I don't want to carry this anymore into the future because there's something better. There's a new covenant. Hebrews 8.13, when God speaks of a new covenant, it means he has made the first one obsolete. It is now out of date and will soon disappear. So good. The, the old covenant is obsolete. It, if you have an iPhone or another type of phone, very often you'll, you'll get these uh, notifications that there's a new software update, that, uh, that there's new features or new abilities or something, something that's new that's been developed for, for you, for your phone. And uh, I've had my phone for a couple years now, so every time one of these updates comes, it, it, I get an error message that says that it can't install because there's not enough memory. I got too much junk on my old phone. I gotta delete some files. I gotta get rid of some videos. I get rid of those, get rid of those massive strings of, of text messages that have a thousand gifts in them that take up all this space that are completely useless to me now. It was great in the moment. It was funny. I got a laugh. But, but how many of us have so many things in our lives that were, that were great in the moment? They were funny. You got a laugh. But now it's just chewing up space. 
It's just, it's just blocking you from getting something new. I had, to, I had to clear out a bunch of files. I had to delete a bunch of things. Are there files that you need to delete out of your life to make room for the new? Are there some contacts that you need to delete from your life to make room for something new? God wants to download a new operating system into your life. God wants to give you new abilities, new features. You'll find when you do this, when you make space for him, he, he puts something in your life that, that allows you to use the same hardware. It, it's not a new phone. It's the same phone, but you can use it in a new way. I never knew my camera could do that. With this software update, it can do all these amazing, amazing things. How much more amazing is what you can do when God lo- downloads a new operating system into your life? The same hardware, it's the, it's the same person, but God gives you abilities that, that can change the world. Change your world for sure. Change the world around you probably. Change as many people as you're willing, as you're willing to propagate, as you're willing to plant those seeds. But you got to get the new operating system. you got to accept the present. Accept the present. It's not enough to just download the, oper- the, the operating system, just make space and, and download. You actually have to install it, but then you actually have to use it. How many people, when, when, when they up, make an update to their phone, and, uh, and, and you do something, and like, what just happened? I didn't, how did I do that? How do I do that again? And then you have to go search up how you did what you just did because you don't know how you did it. Same is true for, for walking with God. God will surprise you with things. He'll download things like, whoa, hey, what just happened? How did I do that? How do I do that again? I like that. I want to do that more. I want to come to men's prayer. I want to come to women's prayer because there's some power. There's some outlet for the power that God has given me. I want to go out and I want to invite somebody to church. Why? Because they said yes, and I like that feeling. I like that feeling when that person said yes. And then, and then I brought them to church and I sat next to them, and at the end of the service, they raised their hand. They gave their life to Jesus. There is no better feeling. There is no better feeling than when you give your life to Jesus. The euphoria that comes over you when, when you know that he is God, when you know that Jesus is your Lord. And then you spend the rest of your life continuing to look for that moment. And more often than not, you'll find it when, when you're right next to somebody who does the same thing. You're right next to somebody, maybe your family member, maybe a friend, maybe somebody you don't even know, and you bring them to church, and then they say that prayer just like you did, and they receive Jesus. Every day is a gift. Every day is a gift. That's why it's called the present. But do we open it? Do we open the present that God has made available for us each and every day? Lamentations 3.22. I don't think I've ever quoted Lamentations in a, in a message, but this one is really good. <laughs> Lamentations 3.22. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. How good is that? His mercies begin afresh each morning. Do we access them? Do we accept the present every single day for his mercies? Have we made space for his mercies in our life? Do we give space or mercy to other people? Do we give grace to them? As you give, you will receive. Press down, shaking together, and running over. If you extend mercy, you'll get mercy. If you extend grace, you'll get grace. If you withhold mercy, if you withhold grace, then that will be withheld from you. As you give, you will receive. That's what this new covenant is all about, accepting the present agreements that God has for us. Hebrews 9.13, under the old system, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer could cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurity, physical, physical cleaning. 
Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. That is why he is the one who mediates the new covenant between God and his people. So that all who are called can receive the internal, eternal inheritance God promised them. For Christ died to set them free from the penalty of sins they had committed under that first covenant. That's, that's a lot of words. It's, it's a lengthy scripture, but it's very powerful because it, it, it separates, it recognizes the difference between a physical covenant, a physical contract, and a spiritual one. The spiritual contract is one of the heart, but the heart is unique. The heart is something that can actually be a bridge like the Ark of the Covenant between the physical and the spiritual. It is the landing space for the Holy Spirit. When you believe in your heart that Jesus is the Lord, you are made righteous, Romans 10.10. But then it's with the confession of the mouth that you are saved. The righteousness in the heart is a spiritual agreement. Hebrews 10, 16. This is the new covenant I will make with my people. On that day, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts. And I will write them on their minds. Then he says, I will never again remember their sins and lawless deeds. Question. If he doesn't remember our sins and lawless deeds, why do we? Why do we keep replaying that sin in our mind? Why do we keep replaying that mistake that we made? Maybe something that you need to, to write down on your card is, is a mistake that you made that, that keeps surfacing in your mind. Maybe it doesn't have any physical ramifications on it anymore. Maybe that's run its course. But for some reason, you still replay it. You still focus on it. You still dwell in it. Maybe it limits you. Maybe because you, you were in a previous relationship that didn't end well. Maybe it ended in divorce. I've been there too. But if I hadn't released that, let it go, and decided to trust again, decided to love again, I would never have the blessing that I have now. What are those things that, that you need to release? Maybe for yourself. Forgive yourself from those mistakes. Know that God has a better plan, a new future for you, a new hope for you. Is there any part of my heart that is not fully submitted to God? Have I made Jesus my Savior and my Lord? If we make Jesus the Lord of our life, then we won't need to be saved anymore. He saved once for all of mankind. We don't need to keep going back to the cross for salvation. If we've done it once, we're saved. If we believe in our heart, confess with our mouth, then we're a child of God. But if we don't make him Lord of our life, then we'll feel like we need saving again and again and again and again. That's the point of a spiritual contract more than just a physical one. With a spiritual contract, when you submit to him, it's good for once, it's good for all time. You make that decision and you're saved. Now, we, we all need refinement. We all need those upgrades. There's new powers, there's new gifts, there's new, new abilities that we can ask, access. And that's the paradox within us. How can, how can I be saved? How can I be a child of God, but I still make mistakes? Well, that's the nature of, of the flesh and the spirit warring together in us. Paul talks about this. Why do I, why do I keep doing the things that I know are wrong? I, I see the things that are right, and I want to do those things, but, but I keep falling into this trap. That's the battle each one of us has to face, the wrestle against flesh and spirit in our lives. Which one wins? The one that you feed more. If you put the things of the flesh down, and that's why at the beginning of every year, we as a church come together and do a fast. I think it's going to be the second week of January, a week of prayer and fasting, Together as a church, we can, we can put away those physical things, the fleshly things, the earthly things, and, and start off the year by honoring and recognizing the most important things, the spiritual things, the relationships with God. 
And so we'll invite everyone to participate with us in that. But you don't have to wait for us. You can, you can pray and fast as often as you like. And the Bible even says, Jesus says, my disciples aren't praying and fasting right now because I'm with them. When the bridegroom is with the bride, there, there's no need for, for fasting. But soon will come a time when they will pray and fast often when I'm away. And that time is now. In any area of your life, in every area of your life, whether it's big or small, you, you need to release these things to God, to spend that time with him, to spend some time praying and fasting. Why? Because your future is a product of your present agreements. Let me say it again. Your future is a product of your present agreements. The agreements that you've made right now will determine the course, the path of your life. And yes, we do constantly course correct, and God will, will bring people in our life to help us course correct and find the right path, but we have to make the decision. If we want our future to be good, then we need our agreements right now to be good. We need to make that decision. So how do we do that? Redefine your future. The last step as we come to a close. you got to set your present agreements right, and, and these will define the principal parts of the contract that you have with God. Maybe, maybe not all the details are worked out, and, and God has grace for us. If you set that, those principal elements, the main things, make the main things the main things and put those in order, then you can, you can walk with God in a closer way. And then, and then as you get a little bit closer, he'll refine your steps. A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Allow him to, to be with you as you're planning your way. Right now, as you're writing these things down, you're saying, I'm moving the old things out of my past. I'm writing down what I want to get rid of to make space for God to do something new, to make room for him to move in my life, to have that spiritual covenant relationship with him so that my future can be brighter. So I have a crazy proposition for us. You ready? No, nobody's ready. Crazy proposition for us. When, when, we, when we go to elementary school, we graduate from elementary school. When we, when we go to high school, we graduate from high school. Maybe even college, we go and we graduate from college. But, but there's a phase of life that comes after college that we don't graduate from. It's called adulting. When you become an adult, you never graduate from adulting. You, you still are required, if you want to be a part of, of, of society and be a productive member, then you have to continue to adult. Some people drop out from that. They drop out of adulting, and it doesn't end well for them. So the crazy proposition I have for you is plan to adult in a new and better way every day. Very simple. Plan to adult in a new and a better way every day. So why do we do this? Why do we shred these things? Why don't we stand to our feet as we come to a close? And after I pray, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you an opportunity to come down. The ministry team is going to be down here. And they're going to say a quick prayer with you. And then you can drop, drop that card into the shredder and release it. But why is this so important to, to shred these things? Why go through the exercise in 2 Corinthians 5, 13 to 20, it's a bit of a long scripture, but it's powerful. If it seems we are crazy, which I can, I can understand how people might think that from time to time. If it, think, if it seems we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God. Why do we, why do we rent out an a open-air theater that seats 8,000 people? Why do we have a, an 80s musical production? It, it's very simple. To give people an opportunity to receive Jesus. To, to give people an opportunity to say yes, to, to broadcast the message of Christmas for all of San Diego to hear. To give an opportunity for us to reconnect with him. If it seems we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God. And if we are in our right minds, it is for you. It is for your benefit. 
Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we, all, we have all died to our old life. Next verse. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Go ahead. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. We shred all of these things, first and foremost, to put ourselves right with him, to draw closer to God, to have new revelation, to have new authority, to have new power. But then we also do it for the people around us. We are Christ's ambassadors in this life. We carry the light of Jesus with us. Do we let it shine? There's people in your world that need your light to shine. It's the light of Christ that's reflecting through you, but you're the carrier of it. We all need to continually refine ourselves, improve ourselves, better ourselves, so that we can better, be a better representation of Jesus for the world to see. But it starts, it starts with each of us making that decision. So right now, if everybody cl close your eyes and, and bow your head, I want to pray. If there's anybody here today and you've never received the light of Jesus Christ, you haven't accepted the free gift of his grace. If you never prayed to make Jesus your Savior and your Lord, then I want to invite you to do that today. I'm going to close in prayer, and I'd like to include you in that prayer. If that's you, if you know you need Jesus in your life, would you just lift your hand wherever you're at? Anybody? God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. I see that hand. So proud of you. God bless you in the back. I see that hand. Thank you. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. I see that hand. Thank you. Is there anyone else? You know that you need to make him your Savior. God bless you. I see that hand. Thank you in the back. Who else is there? God bless you. I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe there's, there's some people here today where you've made him your Savior, but you haven't made him your Lord. It feels like you're constantly having to come back to that, that basic place of forgiveness of sins. And you know that it's time to make him Lord of your life. If that's you, would you raise your hand as well? I'd love to pray with you. Who are those ones? Make him your Savior and your Lord. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. See the hand. Thank you so much. Why don't we do this, friends? Let's all say these words together, especially if you lifted up your hand. Just repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, to be my Lord and Savior. I receive right now the free gift of grace, and I decide to follow Jesus all the days of my life. I believe that God is my Father, heaven is my home, and I am redeemed. In Jesus' name. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com. 
or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.